Welcome to the British and Irish Eagles podcast, and we are back with a bang. I am dancing in my chair to the intro music. We've been away for three or four weeks. Um, yeah, a, lot, a lot has been going on in the world of the Eagles. A lot of vacation time, a lot of rumor mill time, but no real proper news going on. The Eagles are back next Tuesday into the Novacare Center. And what better way to kick off the proper preseason than to have friend of the podcast, Eagles assistant coach and running back coach, Jamal Singleton. Welcome back to the podcast, my man. How are you? All right, man. I'm awesome. This is what I do know. Obviously, because I did this once last year, yep. you guys invited me back again this year. We must have had a pretty good time last time. So I think we're oh. going to maybe try and raise the notch. I'm seeing all these new graphics. The, the British Irish podcast is on a whole nother level i think <laughs> mentioned you guys are flexing now you got all this neat fancy stuff so excited yeah. to be here we got we got we got some cool guests lined up for the year we got some cool events lined up and yeah we got a bit of a, a stream yard action going on we're not live tonight uh, but we, we will be live uh during the season as well we absolutely did have a fantastic podcast last year i think it was the highest um, viewed and listened to podcast of the year coach so yeah. why don't you go and take a little yeah. flex there for yourself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right before we get into the agenda today um, it would be rude of me not to introduce my two illustrious co-hosts we have a lovely eagles attire and memorabilia in the background ready for the season phil i'll bring you in sir how the devil are you yeah i've, I've been absolutely buzzing coming into this podcast this week um yeah like We've already touched on. We had such a blast. I think you were down, um, staying with me. It was before we watched um, some cricket last year. It was like yeah. hot day of the year. Barbecue, T-bone steak. Coach was, well, coach was annoyed. He didn't get any. Some red wine. <laughs> coach was annoyed, and then we spent about two hours just talking football and eventually picking coach's new football team for UK fan, which we'll get into in a little bit. But yeah, no, it's been. Um, I'm still waiting to start my job, so I've just been chilling, relaxing, doing a bit of research, getting ready for this pod. Nice. I love it. I appreciate that research as well. Mick the Beard, you've been on the boat today. Yeah, You're boy. Racing back. I think you said you'd smoke on your heels when you got on the podcast a few minutes ago. How are you? Yeah, racing back to get on this podcast. I couldn't miss this one. Come on. Got the, the man of the hour with us, uh, Coach Singleton. So definitely one that I couldn't miss. But um, it's been a wild, bit of a wild off-season, isn't it? It's been a bit quiet, but um, we, we had a bit of a wild time in Glasgow a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, Liam? Oh, um, yeah, God. When we, we met podcast, for the first time. No, I missed the last one um, with <laughs> Natalie, so um, this is probably the first time I've spoke to you since then, actually. Yeah, um, coach. We, we were a bit worse for wear that night. Oh, on yeah. a, it was on a school night. Um, we had far too many beers, and Liam spanked me at pool. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm man enough to admit that I am terrible at pool. Terrible. And even yeah. worse. 10 beers down. <laughs> no, yeah. you, you, let, you let him win, Mick. We all know Liam's competitive spirit. He throws toys out. We know you did the, the right thing, the just thing. I was, it was a good night, and um, poor Mick had to go to work the next day, whereas I was able to swan into an Italian, Italian cafe at 11 o'clock, get myself a little carbonara for lunch, and jump on the next flight back down to, to mm -hmm. Dublin. So uh, that was it. was a really, really good time. But listen, 
without any further ado, I just want to introduce the agenda for today. We're going to, we got a few little segments to get through with Coach. We're going to have a bit of fun like we did last year. That's some serious questions thrown in there. You could choose not to answer them, Coach. I absolutely don't mind whatsoever. Uh, we got some general questions in there, some questions about Coach and what you've been up to. Obviously, we're going to talk about Nottingham Forest, the team that you chose last season as your as your team. Here he is, though. The cap is there. The cap is there. Um, and what that was like for you, because what a season it was to start supporting Nottingham Forest back in the Premier League. Um, we got a game called Rebuilding Civilization. I won't say any more because that is Phil's uh, brainchild. So I'll let him introduce that later. Keep you all in anticipation. Running back uh, in general is quite a hot topic right now. <laughs> it's hard to get away from it in the media. Um, so we we, yeah, we got a question around that and your thoughts on it, Coach. And and then just in general, like last season and um, how everything went. And there's quite a lot of specific questions that we've got lined up here around the, the kind of things you do and train and look at. So, uh, yeah, some some really insightful questions. And I, I'm, I'm saying that not bigging myself up because they were put together by Mick and Phil. So thank you to the both of you. And we got some fun questions to talk about as well, about our trip coming up in November, where we're going to take between 20 to 30 Eagles fans from the UK over to Philadelphia for the VIP trip of a lifetime. Um, and we'll we'll talk through that. And hey, maybe we'll be able to see you at the Novacare Center one of those days, coach, see if we can, see if we can make that happen. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you about a couple of our um, promotions we got going on because we brought you a care package last year. Yeah. And, you know, I think you can see an improved care package coming this year, my friend. That's what he does. That's the only reason he does the podcast. Yes. It's just so he can get his finger a fudge in, so he can get his coffee crisp, his double decker. Exactly. I'm the cheapest guest you'll ever have. Just give him sweets. That's it. This is it. Well, uh, listen, first question. What? How was your How was your care package last year? Did you enjoy it? The family enjoy it? Oh, it was great. It was great. I. Although I almost had to disown my daughter for a little while, she said she didn't really like tea, so struggled with that. She didn't really. I don't think I put enough sugar in it for her, but no, it was <laughs> awesome. I, it's always it, it takes me back to just the sweets and the candy and all that stuff. And I appreciated you guys putting that together and sending it out this way, and had a lot of good stuff. Some things I I didn't didn't have on my list, so it was a, it was a lot of fun doing that and. I'm kind of excited about this yeah. next one, if I'm being it's, honest. It's, we're gonna we're gonna go to town. Yeah, what what you saw last year, you can you can expect an upgrade in that, and not only an up, not only an upgrade in sweets and confectionery and and tea and stuff. I have to shout out to my fiance. Uh, we get married in eight weeks' time now, yeah. um, and she actually did help pull together that package that we sent over. So uh, shout out to Katie for for cool. the for the help on that. But we'll probably also have another special thing to send you over because. I touched on a little bit earlier, those listening to the podcast know we've got a, a premium partnership with Loch Lomond Whiskies, which is a Scottish whiskey distillery. And they're one of the top five fastest selling whiskies in the world. They're currently sponsoring the, the Open, uh, the Golf mm-hmm. Open in the UK right now. And uh, we've got a special British and Irish uh, Eagles whiskey, which has your name on a coach that we're gonna right. we're gonna get over to you as well. So <laughs> that's way cool. They go well with my sweets. Yeah, you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, good stuff. Oh, listen, so Jamal, uh, five five weeks of vacation now. You're ready to get back into the building, but tell us what it's like for you. What I mean, I know because follow you on Instagram and we chat every now and again. But an insight into your life when the football season ends. 
and family time starts. What's the summer been like for you, my man? You know, it, it's it's crazy because during the season, the amount of time you actually spend with your family gets is pretty slim. I'll spend as much time with my players and the coaches than I will with my daughter. So when we get that big break in the summer, it, it's really that. It's like, hey, let's get out, let's connect, and we always go on a big trip. Like the laugh is I go from being a NFL coach to a rodeo dad and my daughter's big into horses and rides and she she does both disciplines hunter jumper and rides english as well as rodeo but she's pretty good right she she's pretty good she yeah she gets it from her mama i can't get that her mom <laughs> grew up the same way so small texas girl that uh that grew up riding horses in that part so we do kind of a, a trip we head down um first thing i work a, a christian-based football camp down in oklahoma do that for a few days and we jump over to Colorado Springs where the Air Force Academy is where I went to school. So we catch up with some friends and I go by my alma mater and take my daughter and tell her how good I was as a player. And the stories <laughs> get better every year. Yeah. And then uh, we head out to Wyoming with some family and spend some time out there. So really just kind of head out and just decompress everything from riding horses to fishing to to just hanging out to fires by the river. So it's it's really for us, I say it's my woosah before the season starts. And it's just catch breath, keep catch up with the family, spend a little extra time, and then uh, just really get ready and recharge to, to start the next run. That sounds absolutely magical. I don't know about you guys, like sim by the fire, marshmallows yeah. on the pit, yeah, absolutely. You know, a bit of fish maybe going if we catch it a day. Yeah. I love that. Phil, you ever been on a horseback before? Actually not. I've been on the donkey on Blackpool <laughs> Beach before, but that's about it. <laughs> Mick, you been on any Shetland ponies? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, would, I would crush a Shetland pony into a fine place with my weight just now, so <laughs> I think it's best for. I also haven't been on a horse, uh, and I'm as as probably the as the Irishman on this podcast. You would think that maybe I'm the one who perhaps should have been, and I don't know whether I've told you guys in this podcast, but when I was about 16, 15, 16, just before I did my A levels, so like the the exams. You remember what A levels are, Jamal? Like the exams. It's like uh, the yeah, end of high school before college. Yeah, the next level, yeah. Yeah, and uh, um, I was a bit naughty when I was in school. I was, my, I, had, I was the one who had the parent-teacher meetings, which was Liam can do whatever he wants, but he won't because he's a cheeky brat and he's going to get away with stuff, right? My mom would come home crying, like, when are you ever going to have a nice parent-teacher meeting? And my, my vice principal would said to me, because I was tired, I'm, I'm not that tall now, I'm 5'9", but I was so small when I was at school. I was smaller than girls who were like two years younger than me. I was so, so small, fast, but small. And he said, Liam, the only thing you're ever going to amount to in life is a jockey. <laughs> I was like, what an inspirational thing for the vice principal of a school to tell a young boy going into life. And I'll look at pretty well paid, aren't they? Well, I think you'd have to be uh, pretty as, as a job, I mean, if you can be a jockey, it's not yeah. a bad career. I think Frankie Dottori does pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I do have to say this, a, a little crazy, the timing of it. You know, I knew we were having this podcast. So today I had, me personally, mm. my very first English writing lesson. Ah, oh, today. there you go. So we've got this a- This wasn't planned. Arena, so it was, I've, I had on tight pants and boots, oh. <laughs> helmet. So I may, I may have to put something out social that you guys see this big old, I'm not sure too many British writers are as thick and chunky as this man is <laughs> here, but that was part of it. So I'm on a whole British English flair right now. So I'm feeling good. I love that. I love that. I was toy. I was toying earlier on with doing a game in this podcast, and I didn't put it in. Maybe we can chat through later. Of of saying you chose your football team last year. Um, what English British sport do you not currently follow 
that isn't soccer like cricket or mm-hmm. netball or is netball english i'm not sure um but maybe maybe if you're starring english horse riding it could be polo <laughs> Might be tough to keep up with that one. <laughs> yeah, there's not much live streaming of that going on around the world. No. Anyway, anyway, I, yeah. I, I, I digress. Um, so none of us have been on horseback. Maybe we need to remedy that at yeah. some point, Mick and Phil. Do a little podcast special no, after our no, horse. No? All right, all right. <laughs> um, Mick, pass it over to you to talk to Coach about the Super Bowl, my friend. Oh, okay. Uh, it hurts us all, coach. It hurts us all to talk about the Super Bowl, but we must do it. Yeah. It's cathartic. Um, there's a process that all Eagles fans are going through this entire off season. The off season's felt a little bit shorter because we made it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, when we spoke to you last year, we never thought we would get as far as that. Um, Obviously, wow. what what? Are, uh, no, put your hand down. You did not think we were going to Super Bowl. <laughs> I said fourteen um, wins. Uh, all right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's not a Super Bowl. That's all not right. Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll show anyway, up. um, but just give us your overall thoughts. You know about the Super Bowl experience. Um, you know, obviously we didn't get the result we wanted, but um, yeah, just talk us through um yeah. the emotions of it. You, yeah, you said it. I mean, emotions are, are, are definitely that. You know, you look at in a career, right? That's kind of for me as a coach, that's the pinnacle of coaching, right? It's getting a chance to to get to that game. So you never know if it ever happens. There's plenty of guys that have never set foot in the Super Bowl game before. Um, but to get that close, to be there and for it to kind of go down the way it did is is something that that really stings you. You'd like – it was there. It was like, it's right in your hand. And I know the fan, I mean, believe me, fans paying coaches. I couldn't watch the TV copy of the game for like three months. Like it took me a while to get back because again, it's one of those deals. It's like, man, you got, you're like there, but the goal has never been to make it to a Super Bowl. Nobody wanted to say, Hey man, I'm a Super Bowl runner up. That's not, that's not in the cards. You wanted to be a Super Bowl champion. And the only way to be a Super Bowl champion is to play in the Super Bowl and win. Well, there's two pieces of that. You can't just play in it. You have to win. So that's tough. And that's going to stick. And and really, that's one of the motivations going into the following season is last year doesn't matter anymore at this point. And really, this will probably be the last time I talk about the Super Bowl or anything because I'm I'm moved on. Like this is as soon as I walk into the office on Sunday, it's a new year. How how do I how do we get to that spot? If we repeat just what we did the previous year, we're not getting there. It's everything's changed. We have different players. We have different teams. We have a different schedule. We have different coaches. So every single season is its own individual snapshot. So it's like I have to be focused on that and that only. And there's going to be different struggles and different adversity that we face. It's not going to be the same. We do have some experience now of, okay, getting to the – the pinnacle and, and that. So what do we have to do to get, well, we got to be better than we were last year. And obviously we were pretty dang good last year. It was a fun, fun, fun ride. We won a lot of games, but as a coach, we didn't win the one. We didn't win the one. And there's, and I know this is going to be one of those scenarios where maybe after I'm done coaching, I'll look back on this year and really look at it and say, man, the number of records. We want 14 games franchise record. I mean, there's just so many things. Like every week it felt like a different type of record was being broken by us, whether it was our organization or NFL. And you're looking at both offense and defense and all those things. So it was 
it was a fun year. I mean, you talk about the ride and, and people ask me, oh man, how was that playoff? The link for the NFC play is like unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. And I've been, I've coached in some big stadiums in college with the Alabamas and the Tennessees and the LSUs. And I've been to what I thought was the most vibrant environment for a football game. He ain't come close. Like I'm addicted now. Like I'm addicted (laughs) to this. I want that. And I want a lot of that as much of that as I could possibly get because it was, it was an unbelievable year up until that point. And that's part of it. Okay, we did some great things. How do we do that? How do we adjust? How do we use the personnel we have now to try and create the exact same thing? And it doesn't have to be the same way. It's not going to be the same way. You know, we won 14 games. That was a whole lot. But maybe we don't, maybe we have to win 15 or maybe we have to win 10 and get to the playoffs and it's a different pass. So that's a great thing about this sport and any sport really for that. Each season is its own. So we'll look back, take our lessons learned from this year, <sighs> lick those wounds, bandage up those deep cuts, and, and go to that next season knowing that, hey, if I'm still focusing on what happened last year, I'm not focusing on what's happening tomorrow and today, then we'll definitely be in bad shape. So like I said, it might be the last time I think about this stuff because I got my plate's full. And I can't be worried about the script, scraps from last year. I got, a, I got a full plate that we need to make sure that we handle. And, and who knows? Let's try and do it again. I just a couple of things before I pass over to Phil. Just on that, um, Harry Roseman, you know, comes out and, and Sirianni as well in the press. Like, if you're not already thinking about doing things differently for the next year and trying to replicate another team who's just won, like the Chiefs, then you're already a year behind everyone mm-hmm. else. You need to be looking forward. And the second, just point on that: the leadership within the organization. Forget about the new DC and OC. Um, because one of them is an internal hire, one of them is coming in highly recommended, right? Um, but you look at Howie Roseman, you look at Jeffrey Lurie, you look at Nick Sirianni, you look at Jalen Hurts as those four fairly integral pieces of leadership of a team, uh, management, and organization perspective. I have a lot of faith in that moving into next year, alongside incredible coaches within positional groups yourself jeff stoutland for example um the core while there might be player change the core and the fabric and the methodology and the the same core that led a successful team last year is still there um so we you know personally uh it's me lee what lee's confident what a shock right yeah. i'm pretty confident in, in that we've kept those those core pieces together and um, we can make a we can make a good run in it last year, and also um, the the New York Giants now don't only just have a dad, but they've got a mom too. So there's that to factor in as well. Yeah. Congratulations, well, to Boston. Congratulations, to Boston. Congratulations to to Boston. Yeah. Well, I, I'll say you. I mean, you hit on it there too. But I think a piece that's as important, if not the most important piece, is. It's great. I mean, the leadership, you got to have that. And we do. We have, I think, the best owner in the NFL. I don't say that just because I'm here. I say that because of the other places I've been. Mr. Laurie is is a guy that I've worked for for a long, long, long time. Um, Then you got Howie Roseman. I said it before. I'm a huge Howie Roseman fan. I mean, I don't care. You talk about one draft pick that wasn't good. I don't could care less about that. Just the things that he does year in and year out, things he's done in my room alone. 
um, is it. He's just he's playing at another level. I love his philosophy with how he wants to build a team personnel wise, and that helps. And then Nick, Nick can be the best. He's the best head coach for Philly. I think he if he's not Philly, I don't know what is. I mean, <laughs> man, we all he's half crazy. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. And that's what makes it. He's passionate. He loves it. He's exciting. He's gonna fist bump. He's gonna jump. He's gonna uh, and he's gonna be on TV. Something's gonna go viral because of his excitement <laughs> level, and that's good. But even with all that. The biggest piece is that locker room. And you mentioned Jalen Hurts. But I think you looked at – now you got to talk about Jason Kelsey. you got to talk yeah. about Lane Johnson. Jordan Mulata is coming into his own now. You know, you're talking about a whole group. Then you look at the defensive side of the ball. Fletcher Cox came back. Darius Slay is back. Bradbury is back. And you've got all these player pieces. I think as a coach, that's one thing you know. You have great coaching and good players, oh, you'd probably be good. But if you can have great coaching and great players, mm. and that environment in the locker room runs itself, mm. and you've got guys disciplining themselves, checking each other, being accountable to each other, that's when you know. Those have always been the good team. When the locker room runs itself, those are the good teams because those are the guys that are on the field playing. So the, that core piece for me, it, it was huge last year. Um, it's going to be even bigger this year, but there's a bunch of those guys that came back like me. I know I, you finished the year and after Super Bowl, most things happen. It's like this guy's gone. We have a uncanny ability as coaches and players to sometimes think, well, we're the reason why. I mean, it was because of me that we did this. <laughs> so guys leave and go to the con. They want more money and they go. And it's just it's just the nature of the business. But to see the core unit of guys that came back. Some came back for less money. Some came back instead of retiring. Some wanted really bad to be here. And it's like, that's the culture. That's culture that Nick has built, culture that Howie's helped them build. Mr. Lorian allows in the building that that's, that's the piece. Like that will always be the generator. That's the core of what we do. Those players, that locker room, and we match their intensity as much as we can. And we got a chance to do some good things. So Totally agree with all that, but I, that, those guys in that locker room, man, they're, they're the ones that make that machine go. Don't forget those boys. And if you ever need someone to come in and do an inspirational speech, Mick is a fantastic lyricist and um, emotive speaker. So I'm sure Mick would love to come along and do that, right, Mick? Absolutely. Uh, I don't have any Stephen Kelsey at the podium with his <laughs> so on. Nothing on that. <laughs> you might need a translator as well, but yeah. that's true. <laughs> But that, 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 that leads us nicely into the follow-up question. But just before, you mentioned something, um, obviously how Iron Laughter has come into his own, and it just reminded me, because the geek that I am, I listened to last year's podcast, just to make sure there was any little tidbits of information there. And I think there was one little point. Well, we, you are jobless, Phil, like, so it's all right. Thanks. Um, <laughs> cheers, man. Um, uh was about Malata, and I think we were all crying out for him. We are saying, like, please use him. Oh yeah, running back and remember? please get him that touchdown. And I think your answer was along the lines of maybe we'll use him as a fullback and we'll hide Boston Scott just behind him. Um, so we're just a little bit disappointed that didn't happen this season. But, <laughs> did this occasion. Um, but maybe this season now we you know he's coming into his own. Maybe we can give him that little bit of extra information, coach. Maybe yeah. we can get that hey. in the playbook. But it's it's going to be so hard to because we're the greatest team in the history of the NFL ever to run the quarterback sneak. I, I mean, know, I, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, unless he's taking the snap from the center, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the combination we've got with Jalen and the combination with Kelsey and the so fact good to try to other teams, other just teams imagine wanted to cancel it. They wanted to just imagine the, the, the headlines in in NFL.com 
Coach Singleton, game changer, using his offensive tackle, his guards, <laughs> running back, scoring touchdown. Yeah. What's not to like? That's a, that's a, and I tell you, anyway, what, we, we talked last that He's a pretty nifty big guy. You're seeing a tape, right? In yeah, the Australia rules, a, a right? Crazy. Oh, yeah. Rugby yeah. Guys, yeah. Oh, so, hang on, Phil. There's actually a there's actually a follow-up question that I want to ask off the back of that. That's okay before you get onto that one, sure, because you yeah. talked you talked specifically about the Jalen Hurts sneak and how effective that was. Um, and I put a question in earlier. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I wanted to understand how much of an impact you had in that. So when you're running a quarterback sneak, it's technically a rushing play. Um, does that did that idea? And the schematics behind how to maneuver the offensive line come from you, come from Stoutland, come from Steichen, Syrian, an amalgamation of all four or three. Like, how much of an impact or an influence did you have on that? And how often did you have to like change that as the games went on to when teams tried to figure out little holes and gaps you were trying to block? You know, that's the one thing about that play. I mean, just historically, when you look at the stats of conversion rates for QB sneaks, they're they're pretty high. I mean, yeah. usually when you're doing it, it's a short yardage. So there's a chance. So first off, it's it's a good football play. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a very statistically smart, sound football play that results in a lot of good things happening. So we kind of had it, but it goes back. I think you look at Jalen Hurts. Like there's – I've been on teams. Other guys have been on teams. There's certain teams that can't run QB sneaks. It, it just is. The guy's just not capable. He's not strong enough, doesn't have a feel for it, and it can be different. I mean, I hate to say the name, but, you know, Tom Brady was a really good QB sneak guy. There's nothing really in Thank Tom God. Brady that makes you think, oh, he should be great. Whereas with Jalen, well, there's a there's a social media guy that makes the joke, I squat 600, because Jalen has videos squatting 600 pounds. So you've got him. You've got one of the smartest players in football right in front of him. And that's in Jason Kelsey. And then you talk about just the strength and power that we have internally at our guards with Landon Dickerson, right? And then just what goes on. And then even the backs getting involved in our rugby scrum. I mean, it, it is what it is. We're taking advantage of the rules that are put in place. So this is something that really it was a piece of everybody, you know, Stoutland in the run game, you know, a couple guys, our guy, Jake, Jason, Michael, our tight ends coach is a big part of that. And really it became kind of cool it was like well how can we run qb sneak this week and those guys would come up and people would come up with ideas and different formations and different movements and it was never the same thing everyone knew it was coming yeah but it was never the same thing so it was a huge piece i mean this you talk about the analytics of it check that's a really good part The, the basically the schematics of it check good part the physical capability of the players we have running the play Check. We have that. And it's what became pretty interesting was what teams would try to do to stop it or, to being honest, what teams just said, okay, they just conceded. And and that's the part of it. And you mentioned earlier, it's like we're trying to get better for next year. So it's like, well, how can we make this play that was extremely successful better? And you put me. Jordan Maialata in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Now, what did I think of that? <laughs> the, only thing of, the only thing about putting – sorry, Phil, I will stop speaking in a second. Yeah. The only thing about putting J, uh, Jordan Maialata in there, Jayla Maialata, well, that, that will be a tandem, mm-hmm. uh, is not everyone's going to be able to push Jordan no, Maialata no, no. as well as they're going to be able to push no, Jalen Hurts. No. Sorry, Phil, you've been trying to ask this question for half an hour now. Go, on, go ahead. No, I've just got another interjecting question as well. It's more a case of obviously the rule – the rule changes that would 
that were um, were, were discussed at the NFL owners meeting. How relieved were you? How was the, relieved with the organization that obviously the, the QB sneak wasn't taken off the table and you've still got that weapon in your arsenal? Yeah, it, it was it was a good piece and it, it was interesting. There was a uh, if I'm being honest, there's probably a little bit of pride in the building that we felt like we're changing the NFL. The NFL is changing or trying to change our other teams are trying to change what has happened because of what we did. We took well within the rules, well within the boundaries of play. And we did something that people couldn't stand and didn't want to have to defend. So it was pretty cool. And we were excited. I mean, we were set, okay, what were the rules? What things might change? How can we incorporate it? So just like anything, we've got to be flexible and adjust any kind of rule change that comes up. And that was one that we were preparing that if it was taken away, all right, how would we adjust for some of our short yardage stuff? But on behold, it wasn't. But just like we're trying to get better at that, Every defense in the NFL is going to be working to get better and find what the, may be a weakness or something that they can exploit as they kind of work it. So that's part of the chess match that we go for such a simple kind of play. There's a lot, a lot of intricacies to it that that you really don't see. And I'm not going to tell you all. Yeah, yeah no, great. I mean, that's, that's exactly. That's yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's good to hear that that's kind of what you want to hear from someone inside the organization is that what would you do if they took away what was probably your arguably your most valuable weapon throughout the course of the season those key moments oh we're just fun something else to be in with it's just like that's the perfect response i love that um but finally i'm going to get onto the actual question that i was planning to ask you which is probably going to seem a bit of an anticlimax now but obviously we spoke to you last year before the season um, about this time a bit earlier in fact um so the question is in terms of how the organization feels, how you feel in your role, um, the difference in, it's kind of linked to the previous questions, but how different does your role feel now? How do you feel now? One year on, going into the season after the Super Bowl appearance, do you do th- things still feel the same? Does it feel like nothing's changed? Or do you kind of have this pla- this plateau that you're talking about, or this platform that you've now elevated yourselves to, and now you've got some of the different um, sort of, aims and goals to go into or just things just do they just feel the same no i think i think there's a process i mean there's a process every single year and i don't want to sound too cliche but that's it i mean it's it's truly okay the next thing and and nick talks about it how can i get one percent better right so it's it's every day what can i do to get one percent better and i've got to be looking at this climb that i'm making and if i don't take that first step the correct way no other steps matter so it's it's really you still go in you the same focus. OK, we have to install the offense. There's players in the building that this is a new offense for now. Right. This is new terminology. This is all that. So you always go back to square one, even with the eighth year guy that's been in the system within the first year guy. So it's making sure that you don't skip any steps in the teaching process of what you do offensively, that you don't skip any pre- steps in how you prepare for each opponent, breaking it down. So it's it's not. It's just really the pro- – you're, I don't know, if hungrier is the way to say it, but we've tasted it, right? We tasted how good it could be, but we didn't get to eat the meal. So now it's, okay, how do we do it? Well, we better start back at square one because this is a new journey. And if we don't take that first step correctly, we're never going to get to where we want to go. So it's it's your back. And, and part of it is you improve. OK, my first step 
is different now than what it was two years ago because of the things that I've learned these past two years, how to incorporate that and how to change some things. And then now I'm dealing with different personalities. I'm talking more specifically from my room. I have different faces in the room right now. Well, how do I connect with them in a way that allows me to coach them as hard as I possibly can to help them get to hopefully the best they can possibly be. And I have to build that relationship really quick. So it's, it's, there's no, oh man, we're, we're great. We're rolling. You just roll up the work and roll the ball out and you go win. It's if English anything, sweets, just give them oh, some English sweets and then you'll be that is, <laughs> I did share with the guys last year. So I'm, I nice. guess I'm going to pull that off again. <laughs> but, it, but it, I mean, the last two years have, have just shown that, you know what, we, we've got some good players. And I think we can do some things when we have the ball, we can do some things defending the football. Um, there's a lot of that that's going on and we continue to build. So why not? Why not take it step each step at a time and, and try to make the best season that we can possibly make? Love that. Absolutely love that. Said like a true assistant head coach as well. <laughs> Look at that. Um, oh, Mick, do you want to ask the, um, do you want to go question five here? Socceroo. Oh, okay. Let's let's switch it up a little bit then. We've got all this. It's a bit of fun. Let's talk. Let's talk about our own, our own football, soccer. We'll put it in inverted yeah. commas. You've already flashed the hat on screen for those who are, are listening audio only. Um, coach pulled a Nottingham Forest cap out from nowhere, um, repping his cars for his new English Premier League team. How was it? How did you enjoy the Premier League season? Um, were you watching the games after, you know, were you out at the pub? Did you have a few pints? You... <laughs> <laughs> early you for that. Drowning your sorrows for the yeah. team fighting relegation at the bottom of the Premier League. Hey, it was a, never a doubt. Never a doubt. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was cool. It was, you know, because for me, it was finally something, you know, it was on. And there's a couple guys in the building that are, you know, they love the Premier League too. So I was able to talk a little trash every now and then and, and watch it. I didn't get to catch as many games as I had hoped, but some Saturdays, when I was in the office, if we're playing at home, um, I usually work my Saturdays are a work day, kind of getting ahead on the next opponent. Um, I could have it on the screen and it, it would be on. I was able to catch a few of those. Those a lot of the game, really be honest, I kept up a lot of it just through the social media, through being able yeah. to watch highlights of the game, follow the scores, um, obviously the forced account, and then also following some of the players just to to kind of get a little bit of feel of that as I got into it. But it it was it, it was fun. It really was. And just getting out to the end. And, and again, people are like, oh, well, why do you choose them? I think we talked <laughs> about last year. I've got I've got family that live not too yeah. far away from the grounds. And so to me, it was there's a little bit of family tied to to the team and it was, it was fun. It was kind of being a part of that. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm actually, I'm, I'm getting a little chilly in here. I need to nice. oh. <laughs> put my scarf on for a quick second. As we How do much that. money have you spent on Nottingham <laughs> Forest attire? Can, can I tell you, this is when I knew I made the right decision. So after okay. our pod last year, yeah. so there's a, there's a group of Nottingham Forest fans in New York and yeah. reached out on social media and, Although I love my sweets care package, no matter. They sent me yeah. a forest care package from like nice. the scarf to hats to stickers and all. And I was like, yep, yeah, okay, this is cool. This is That's way nice. cool. So I'm excited a little bit more to 
to kind of get even more involved in it and yep. and try to watch a few more games that when I get a chance to just being a little bit more aware of it. it. It gets tough. I mean, obviously I'm caught up in what we've got going on in the season, but I always keep up with the scores um, and get a chance to, but it was good. And I'm hoping that they'll, There'll be a time sometime where, you know, get a chance to maybe come to a game and see a game at some point. Well, I'm 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 reckon we should make a little a little wager here, all right? Um we're talking about we're talking about the um not snooch of a wager, but like we're talking about the Eagles and we're talking about uh, you know, tasting the meal and and not and but not quite being able to eat the meal and running running it back to try and go to the Super Bowl is incredibly hard. After you make it to the Super Bowl, regardless if you win it or you or you make it to the Super Bowl, it's one of the hardest things to do in professional sports because mm-hmm. of the change in personnel and everything. To get to a Super Bowl has to click so well to get there. There's, there's luck involved as well as all the dedication and hard work. So we know how hard that is. But if the Eagles do win the Super Bowl this year, you get five, six weeks of vacation. I think you should treat yourself to a week in the UK because oh, sure. if they win in if they win in around the twelfth of February, you still got two, three months left of 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 football going on, mm. Premier League championship, the whole shebang. And we could, I mean, I won't even need to source you a ticket because Nottingham Forest themselves will probably give you a ticket to the game coming over. And I know Anthony will definitely sort that out. He's a friend yeah, of the he was he was trying to um, he was the one on on Twitter last year, groping in everyone <laughs> yes. to comment on you to get to Nottingham. Yes, yeah. uh, I think you need to. I think you need to have that yeah. one up there. Tell your guys, if we go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to go see Forest play. Yeah, we that that would be my daughter and my daughter has been down. Right? I've got a ten year old daughter, and she because I, I always obviously my mother was British, so yeah. England's kind of a part of my life and that. And she'll always say things every now. And then, but she's been dying to go. She hasn't been over yet. I need to take her over to that'd be a great trip to, to kind of set that up and, and go see yeah. some family go see a game so hey you know that sounds like pretty good i don't yeah, like yeah. you said wager i don't I'm, I'm looking for where's the bad part in that usually you gotta lose <laughs> right? something i'm all for that so. you get down and meet us at passion avenue in london we can go get oh, some yeah. steaks and some pbrs be it'll, it. be brilliant. it'll be brilliant um so Couple more questions on the forest. You got a favorite player that you you liked this year that you, you kept? I'm going to say I'm going to say the name wrong. I know it. I don't Did I? Say oh, that? okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not an expert in. Nobody knows that. Okay, so it doesn't sound bad. I don't know how to pronounce it. But no, <laughs> I, I just he came no. on. Just one of the guys I follow on social media is one of the players and had a great yeah. run there at the end. He just did, some yeah. amazing goals and that stuff. So just. You know, I kind of follow those guys, and and he was one that kind of stood out to me. And you know, the more I kind of watched in life, I was like, yeah, I kind of like how he plays. I kind of like how he handles himself. So that was kind of my. I, I guess I should learn how to pronounce his full name at some point. Yeah, you know, but, Google pronunciation should <laughs> help you there, coach. We've been butchering Eagles players' names for years. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Halavalavitai. Did I get that right? Is that bad? I still don't know. Is that Zacchaeus? Is that how you pronounce Zacchaeus? Alamai Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Alamari. Yeah. Alamari. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. 
I think Koshariani was having trouble pronouncing his name as well at the podium. So. <laughs> he just calls him OZ, didn't he? Oh, Oz. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, OZ, that's it. <laughs> you should, if you, if you ever get a chance, to, well, obviously you get a chance to speak to him. If you're, if you're ever chatting to Maya Lada about anything like this, one of our fantasy leagues is is named after Jordan Maya and the Lion King, and it's called Hakuna Maya <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. All right. That name's on over there. There's a few good names. Mick, what other names have we got on there? Phil, Phil you run them. <laughs> well, we've got Penny Lane because they're named after Eagles players with music, so it's Penny yeah. Lane, Beatles yeah. track, um, Slay It Ain't So, the Weezer track, um, <laughs> uh, AJ Brownstone, the Guns N' Roses, Mr. Brownstone track, and oh, nice. there's one more, Mick, if you can remember, I could help me out, but yeah, so basically, we've gone along with uh, long players like that. I'm trying to, trying to think the other one now, but, like, I'll find, find uh, out, I'll throw, I'll try and find out. Um, but yeah, so we, yeah, that was a theme that we went with this year, and um, we're trying to think of new ones. Might have to think of one for Coach Singleton, um, next year, yeah, yeah. honored in our fantasy football fantasy leagues. Yeah, so, yeah. That's to be a yeah, and you know, that, you've that's, made that's, a that's the ultimate yeah. pinnacle of sport. And get yeah, your Super Bowls, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having a pun is your name, that's, that's, that's all you need. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, Phil, should you play the game? Yeah, let's let's um let's break up the uh, the serious questions with a bit of fun. Um, we don't obviously we haven't got a game where we can pick your your UK soccer team this year. That that game's been been and gone as much fun as we had with that. Yeah. Um, so I decided That's to awesome. with something. It was it was it, I think we spent a good hour and fifteen talking so about teams and <laughs> and then we got the suspense and the re the reveal video from Coach. Like a lot of research went on, wasn't there? Like, yeah, a lot of research was, went on after he, that podcast. So I hope the same level of, of application, which I'm no doubt it will be, will go into this game. Um, it's basically, like as Liam alluded to, it's called Rebuilding Civilization. Um, it's basically designed around you because you're the only guest that we've ever been able to speak to that has the first-hand knowledge of the Eagles players' personalities, their secondary hobbies, abilities. Well, no, I'm going, I'm going with I'm going with Coach Singleton's got just that yeah, next I would level. I say, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, um, so if you had to rebuild civilization with three Eagles players based purely on stuff like their personality, stuff that you know that they, they're they good at and their hobbies, their hobbies, like stuff that they do that we might not know about. So if you were trying to rebuild civilization, you've got three people to do it because we could be here all night talking about the abilities and the attributes of Kelsey, whether he's good with a carpenter, good with a hammer, whether he can saw a building, we can build a log cabin or not. But so I'll give you a surely. Well, maybe um, your lumberjack sort of style things, but so I'll give you a quick example to give you time to sort of like rummage through your brain and, and figure out who you're going to pick. So I'd go for someone like obviously, naturally, obviously Jalen Hurts. You're going to have your your mayor, your leader, your the guy who's going to take the charge. Everyone's going to follow him into battle. He's got that. You want to you die for him. You do anything for him. You just believe him. So he's naturally got to be that guy that you could pick as your leader. And what? then I might go. For someone like Jordan Mylata, a bit of left field. Um, everyone needs a bit of um, comic relief, a bit of music in their lives. Like, you know, you, it's a serious business rebuilding yeah. civilization, but you need to unwind. So have someone singing, singing in the background, playing the ukulele, I don't know, stuff like that. So kind of gives you a, a, a kind of a feel for what I'm on. It's a bit of fun. Um, Are we saying players and you players and coaches. players and coaches, yeah. So it could be anybody within the organisation, I think, because you obviously know everybody. But it's a bit of fun. So if you had to rebuild, rebuild civilization with three people out of the Eagles organisation, who would they be, and why would you pick them? 
This is this is a little bit. You said this was going to be easy. Like this. Is, <laughs> this, is, yeah. I mean, this Liam is, wanted to make it harder. Trust me. I, know, I, wanted, to, I wanted to give you more options. I was <laughs> going to say like five, and we could give you like different oh. like lines within like a government, and you could pick and choose oh, each this, one. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm looking at how we're doing things. So I'm gonna be honest. The first, the first name that came to mind, the first person that came when you even started telling this, and you, it's going to sound maybe a little bit crazy why I'm picking him. Is Fletcher Cox. Oh, okay. So Fletcher Cox has a huge ranch. Hunts, <laughs> right? So when we're talking about if we're the if it's me and him right now, I mean, I'm talking about a guy, he's gonna know how to go fish, he fishes, he hunts. Nice. He, I mean, he rides motorcycles, I ride motorcycles, so there's a little common theme there. But yeah, man, going on. Like that. so me and Fletcher Cox live live in the same uh city here in South Jersey, but um that that'd be my first because I want a guy that can hunt. Because if we're building civilization, we didn't say anything about the animals, so it could be you know we may have to hunt and live off the land and all that. So I want that guy. Plus, he's pretty good at rushing the quarterback, so that's always a good thing. Just to yeah, have that. When, when I when I created this game, that's kind of exactly what I had in mind. I knew there was. I went need, the wrong way, didn't I? You, you you need a hunter. You need someone to make sure yeah. that you, you survive and obviously Carson Wentz is out of the building he's off doing things other things well but, different you know, kind of hunting I don't know yeah, yeah different kind of honey but <laughs> I yeah I'm glad you you completely got yeah. you got hit on the nose that's here your next two people then so that yeah so Fletch is, is definitely that guy that will will pick up man the, the next gatherer like you it. say you, you know this is this is I I, I kind of want I, I want a guy that's extremely smart right that can make some great decisions and moves maybe it's setting up our government maybe it's changing something maybe it's acquiring others so i mean i gotta i gotta go with my howie. guy i gotta go with howie you know right? yeah. i gotta go with him he's been he's been putting the pieces together that's a guy that i want if i'm rebuilding give me that guy especially on my team right and he's he's done done a great job with that so i think if we can incorporated a little bit into acquiring talent, acquiring goods and services. I think Howie Roseman's definitely going to be one of those guys that, that I got to pull. I got to bring a guy that, that's smart and sharp and can help build build things. We're rebuilding. So maybe the, that he's got a chance to do that. So I've got flat. That's too extreme. I got flat. That's good. Right? That's good. Sorry, Phil. Go on. I gotta find a, I gotta find a, a third. No, I think I froze for a second. I was just gonna, yes, I was just gonna say like so you've got your you got your hunter gatherer, you got your guy who's gonna make sure you you don't die because you're gonna eat, and yeah. you got a guy who's gonna drive you forward and be a leader. So it feels like an obvious area where you kind of you might need some help with, which is sort of like the, the homestead maybe side of things. I don't know. You, you seem like you've already got your third guy in mind. But, <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm I'm still I'm still kind of kind of looking at what's that that next piece that that I really need. The one guy is no longer with us, unfortunately, but I'm thinking like, I need somebody that you mentioned. It's good with his hands can build, can ah, some things. And I'm, 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 I'm drawing a slight blank on guys in the, the building that I haven't heard of any carpenters. Um, not the easiest transition is a carpentry to no, get a film, really. No, yeah. so <laughs> it's There's not really... guys that are good with their hands though. I mean, That's true. Some great yeah. bass catchers and. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Uh, you know, yeah. you know what? what I think it's someone that's... like Landon Dickerson who was like <laughs> grew up in like the forest and like he's he's a country boy, but I kind of got my country guy. Yeah, flex, okay, yeah, so it's little... But okay, you did bring some. I think I think a guy that's crafty, a guy that maybe's and I'm going with kind of your line of there, Mick was. Devante Smith. Oh. I mean, just when you that was my gut feeling. Then he's like, I could see him doing so many different things because he, he's such a technician at what he does when he runs routes. They're so precise and they're so crisp. And to get him to basically incorporate that into helping rebuild the civilization that we're working on, the foundation of it, whether it's building and understanding exactly where this needs to go and where this step is, and with this cut based on this coverage. Because I'm and I'm gonna be honest with you, like, and I obviously I work with these guys, but I'm a fan of certain players that we have. Of course, and, and I mean Devonte is just he's one of those guys. He we have a phrase. He's a dog. He's a guy that's gonna throw his face around there when he's blocking. Right, he's gonna run amazing route for crying out loud. He just helped Sherman retire. Did y'all read that? <laughs> right? I mean, if he made him, if they decided, oh, you know what, after covering Devontae Smith, I think I'm calling him. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, that's it. I'm even more into Devontae Smith now. Let me take that yeah. with him. So great. So that's my we've three. Got, we've got your three. So we've got Fletcher Cox because he's a hunter, he's gonna help you survive. You've got Harry Roseman because he's the brain the operation he's going to make sure everyone's everyone's taken care of and everything's moving forward and then you're bringing up Devonte smith um because he's such a precise technician he's an intelligent guy and, and you feel like if it's going to happen he's going to make sure it's happened exactly how it should happen how you need it to happen so that's a great trio i mean i definitely didn't have those three down when i created this game i thought i wonder what coach is going to go for i was worried that i was going to pick jalen hurts and take that off the board for everyone but um <laughs> Before we move on to the running back questions, Liam, I think we're going to touch on yours and mix if you've got yours. Oh, yeah, I was hoping we were going to get a go. I think you yeah. were typing yours down. So, so Liam, we're going to go to you then. Okay. Oh, just quickly, I really uh, who would you pick if on uh, <laughs> On the same level, I can see this is going to be hilarious. So let's, let's no, it's her. not. It's just I was hoping you were going to get a Mick first because I was, t- I was doing my research on the side. Okay, we'll go. Um, okay, Mick, if yours are ready, no, no, Mick. No. Which, yeah, right. whichever one. I'll go off the cuff unless you're ready, Mick. Uh, I, I thought it too whilst we were talking to you. Okay, go, go, you go, I wasn't go. listening to anything, but I was, just, I was just like, you know, he's making some good points here, but I think I've, I've got a couple of guys that I really like. I'm going to start off with. <laughs> with N'Kobe Dean. Ooh, I think yeah, N'Kobe okay. Dean is, well, we already know he, he was the captain of the best Georgia defense that college football has seen in a long, 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 long time. And he's got such a high IQ. He's a mechanical engineer. Yeah. I am also a mechanical engineer. Um, <laughs> and those guys are the cream of the crop, let me tell you. So this guy can manufacture <laughs> pretty much anything you really want because he's got the know-how and he's got the leadership skills to go along with it. So not only, you know, he's got the mechanical smarts, but he's also got the leadership abilities and he's going to prove that on the field this coming year, this coming season, when he's sitting in that mic position and they're in the centre of our defence, calling the plays with the green dot in his helmet. I can't wait for some Nicobe Dean this season, so I will take him um, to rebuild my civilization. Um, first off. Secondly, I'm thinking... Dallas Goddard, because he is an animal. Dallas Goddard. And he can shoot a Nerf gun. 
mean, do you really want an animal when you're rebuilding civilization, though, Max? Yeah, the only <laughs> thing I'd say about Dolores Goddard as well is like, do you want everyone to, do, do you want everyone to have no hair like for the rest of life in a lineage? Maybe you get Dallas Goddard in there. I don't think we're talking about reproduction. <laughs> I I'm going reproduction. Are we not going that deep? No. <laughs> No, I think I in an organization and a sports team that predominantly male, I don't think reproduction was ever going to be on the table, Liam. But you know, I like where your head's hey, at. I like where your head's at. <laughs> yeah, Zach, that, so what's your third one then, Mick? Um, my third one I hadn't really thought through completely, but I think I'm going to go with um, James Bradbury. I think again, another guy who's got. You know, a, a really sensible head. He's cool, calm, collected. A lot of things have been said and done since, you know, last season, the, how the Super Bowl ended, all that stuff. He's been, you know, caged and he doesn't rise to any of it because he's, he's so cool, calm. And that's the kind of guy that you need on your side. And I love a bit of James Bradbury, so that's my third pick. I love, I love how this game has, has brought up some really varying different opinions and, and that's exactly what I wanted to. So now I'm looking forward to... The craziness that is going to be Liam's three <laughs> people, and I'm worried where this is going to go a little bit. But go ahead, Liam. That's it's interesting. I, I really liked coaches three picks: Fletcher Cox, Harry Roseman, and Devonte Smith. You need a hunter and gatherer, and you need someone who has some not street smart, but like country smarts. And I mentioned him a couple of times already um, when, when Jamal was when Jamal was speaking. And I feel, and he's a big guy, he's a strong guy. Feel like he knows what he's doing. Um, so I'm I'm going to go down the similar trajectory with coach, and I'm going to I'm going to take Landon Dickerson to be my hunter and gatherer um, of resources. And I'm not just talking food here. I'm talking. Wood resources, rock resources to build, you know, <laughs> building resources. materials. This guy, this guy can fell trees with a blow of his breath. Like, la give me Landon Dickerson uh, as my hunter gatherer resources to make sure we're okay. Um, I think he could make a hell of a moonshine uh, just by looking at him. I feel like he could. And I'm Irish, so I do like and need a drink. So yeah, that's also a, a high tick um, <laughs> for me. Um, maybe even more important than the meat, actually. <laughs> so yeah, give me give me Landon Dickerson. Give me Landon Dickerson. Oh, this is tough. <laughs> it's not meant to be tough. It's meant to be go, go with your gut. No one's gonna hold you to this. This is gonna be a, a topic of discussion, hopefully, within our fan base. We'll put it out to the fan base on Twitter and in the WhatsApp groups, get other people's three three people, but I don't think Civilization, civilization, by the way, Liam, isn't actually going to fall. Like, we don't need you to reveal. reveal Are you it. sure? So this is not, we're not going to hold you to account on this one. So I think <laughs> Are you can... positive? Well, I no, feel like there's a lot of pressure. I'm response, pretty sure so. in this context, we're fine. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. I'm going to go with a rookie. Um, I'm going to go with a rookie um, who I think is going to be a generational talent at his position for the next well, his whole career, and hopefully his whole career is at the Eagles. He's an intelligent guy. He's come across very intellectual and calm and reserved. And when Landon Dickerson is felling trees, he can probably catch up with any gazelles to try and take them down with his bare hands. 
and I'm going to go with Nolan Smith um, as my as my Swiss Army knife. I, I reckon he can help out with leadership. I reckon he can help out with communities and and calmness. And I think people will look up to him, even though he's so young. I think people I think people are going to look up to him pretty quickly with an Eagles organization. He's an intelligent man, and he's also I feel like he could just turn his hand to anything. Six foot two, twenty two years of age. Give me Nolan Smith. Give me Nolan Smith. I was just uh, I was just closely watching Coach's uh, reaction, trying not to give anything away because he's obviously met the guy, and I, and I was looking for the nod of approval. Like, yeah, this guy, he's not giving anything away right now. <laughs> <laughs> if they're building civilization and I'm building civilization, we're gonna have a war at some point. Yeah, so I don't exactly. Know. This right. is a battle. My three well, versus their three. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> I think I think we've all got. I mean, I haven't given my third. Um, I had I picked Jalen Hurts. For Hang on, I haven't picked my third yet. Have Phil? you not? Sorry, I've only I'm got, I'm got Dickerson and Smith. If I only get two out of three, I'm never going to win the war against Coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought you had. I'm sorry. Carry on. I'm going to go Landon Dickerson. I'm going to go Nolan Smith, and um, I'm going to go Jason Kelsey. I'm going to go Jason Kelsey just as a pure leader. And as someone who is going to set the tone for my civilization moving forward across the board, incredibly intelligent man. Um, you've seen how quickly he's taken to broadcasting. And it's now like the most popular bro- uh, podcast in the world, like <laughs> certainly in the sports uh, world and, and definitely within the NFL. Coach has already mentioned one of the most intelligent football players, not just in the Eagles organization, but in the league. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to go wrong from a culture perspective, from a leadership perspective, from a tone setting perspective, that whatever he turns his hand to, give me Jason Kelsey, give me Nolan Smith, and give me Landon Dickerson as my three to rebuild civilization. Fantastic. Well, I won't delay <laughs> to deliberate much more. I think my, my third was going to be Jason Kelsey, and I can't even think of a reason why. I just love the guy, and I think everyone in, <laughs> I want him near me. If I'm if civilization's gone kaput and there's three of us around, I want some guy who's going to sing me a lullaby to sleep, make me feel better at night. I want a guy who's going to just you know make me feel good and make me feel safe at night. And there's who's going to make who 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 better than Jason Kelsey with his big we- beard. I'm sure he'll give you a hug at night. I think you'll feel, you'll feel nice, warm by the fire. And um, we're not going to eat because I've got no hunter-gatherers. So we'll probably <laughs> die off pretty quickly. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll have a great three days while it lasts. Should we tell um, Coach my faux pas about Jason Kelsey? Oh, well, you didn't think that you should got the contract? Yeah. So basically, <laughs> Coach, <laughs> I love Jason yeah, Kelsey. That's the reaction. With, with every, with every fibre of my being. And like, basically... We, yeah, you know, we got some feedback that we're, I was a little bit too positive on podcasts and I needed to throw out, you know, a couple of little, you know, things in there. And I, I, I kind of believed at the time and I, I'm not going to back away from my thought process, but you're going to cringe when I tell you this. But basically, I made a call when Kelsey's contract was renewed that I felt like to run it back with the team that maybe didn't necessarily need a 14 million, maybe could have taken a couple of million less and that could have been spread out amongst other investments from the team. Wasn't saying he shouldn't have come back. Love him to pieces. I can see your face already. But I have to be honest. I can't, oh. I can't hide. I can't hide behind what I said. Yeah. And what's hilarious, what's not so hilarious for me is Jason Kelsey watched the clip on Twitter. <laughs> so any chance I've ever had of meeting my idol, Jason Kelsey, is now, is now evaporating to nothingness. <laughs> Thanks, Leo. Yeah. 
it's, I don't think Coach is going to turn around and give me and help you out on this situation either. No, so. no, when you see him, tell him I said sorry. You put it out <laughs> there and you did it on a podcast. It never goes away. That's the difference about today. You said it. Came over. Came over. We got tape. We got film. We know it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, go on, Phil. We done? No, that that, that 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 was the end of it. Um. Yeah, thanks for, for being a good sport, um, Coach. I think played the game perfectly there. I'm definitely picking your team over the other three teams. Uh, mine was just a joke, honestly. Um, so we'll pass back over. I think we've got some running back specific questions now from, from Liam. Yeah, again, thanks to you both for pulling these these questions together because they really are they really are fantastic. And um, yeah, Coach, shall we uh, we'll we'll dive straight into them, shall we? Let's go, let's talk some ball. Let's go. Um, all right, so uh, obviously just had the draft, um, but not just had a draft. It's been a while ago now, but uh, first time we got to chat to you since the draft. I want to talk to you about the scouting process here. Uh, I'm not necessarily talking just about the scouting process in the draft or for rookies. That's part of it. But also when you're looking at your running back room, when when Bobby when Bobby goes and when Miles Sanders is leaving your is, is leaving the organization and you know you need to strengthen let's say you know maybe not like directly replace what's the scouting process when you're looking at guys like Richard Penny guys like Swift who have huge huge upside like crazy upside when they're fit and healthy versus the current guys you have in the locker room with Kenny G, playoff Kenny, as we called him, as when he was going through the playoffs, I think it coined a, a phrase that Mick coined, and um, and and the rookies that uh, perhaps I'm, I'm sure we did look at a few rookies in 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 draft and, um, but what's the what's the yeah what's the process you're going through when you're looking for these guys when you're trying to build that that room because that, there was a quote I think you made um, last year around durability and. And that was, you know, if you have really one good back, um, chances are you're not going to finish with really one good back. So you need depth. It's extremely important um, backs and, and also the O-line, um, which is really relevant now considering the room we have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what's your, it's a very long-winded question. I apologize. But what's your mm-hmm. process when you're looking at rebuilding that running back room and you're scouting all these individuals? You know, it's, it's really kind of a two-part. You've got your... <clears throat> free agents, right? Those are your guys that are in the NFL that either their contracts are up or they're either they're unrestricted or restricted free agents, those type of things. So you've got kind of your current NFL players to evaluate as well. So you go through that, that the guys, there's going to be guys that are still in the contract. So you don't waste any time with those. And you really kind of look at that in that group could really be guys in your own room as well. So you may have a player that's becoming a, a free agent, AKA Boston Scott, you know, he was, up. He was a free agent this year. Um, we were fortunate enough to sign him back. But so you have that piece of it. And then you have the draft, obviously. And you've got these college players. Now, none of them have played in the NFL. So it's really kind of how do you rate this player as a little bit more of a projection as opposed to, well, I can tell him this guy's last game in the NFL and this is what he looks like playing in the NFL. So it's, it's really a little bit of a, a, you've got a projection. And then with those other guys, Really, it could be a projection, too. I think there's a, a big piece of the backs that we have in our room that's a little bit of a projection when you look at the new additions that we added from free agency in Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. So a couple of things. It's, it's kind of twofold. And you're always looking in our scouting department. Personnel are always keeping their eye out. This guy's coming up. And you really, at the end of the day, try to build 
the room. And I, I talked about this before, you know, I'm a, yeah. a firm believer that there's certain skills that your room as a running back room has to have. Right. There has to be a short yardage runner. There has to be a third down protector. There has to be a third down route runner. There has to be a first and second down runner. Right. Just some basic things that need. Now you can get a combination of that through multiple players. Some and and, and this is just my my personal opinion. The days of an every down back don't exist. That's just my personal. There's not a guy. The, the league is too fast. It's too physical. And the season is too long for one person in the running back position to carry the load of everything, to be the first and second down runner, be the protector when they're bringing, bringing blitzes, running routes on the third down. It just, it you look at C-Mac, right? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, like probably the best example of what that is, but the injuries that have ruined his, not ruined his career, curtailed the, the prime yeah. of his career in the middle. That's what you're alluding to here. right? I, I'd agree. I mean, it's just, and you mentioned what I said, durability is that piece. It's like, it's there's a little bit of a factor. We're saying, oh, well, he's not real durable. Well, maybe he hasn't been used correctly either. So it's well, how do you maximize players? Well, ask them to do what they do best, right? Don't ask them to do what they're not very good at. And it's okay. Well, how do you find that happy medium? And obviously, in a running back room, while well, it's like, okay, well, let's put these guys in certain roles. If they can play multiple roles, great. But what's the thing they do the best? Yeah. And hopefully your room matches up that you have a guy that does all of those skill sets that you need the best. Maybe one guy does two of them and another guy does one of them. However, okay. I, I really think last year, just our backfield in our room, when you had Boston Scott, you had Kenny Gainwell and you had Miles Sanders, you saw three of those guys in all different situations come on and help us win games. You know, and I, I think if you if you ha don't have those, if you didn't have Kenny and you didn't have Boston, well, Miles doesn't play the amount of games he did. Miles had the most durable year he had in his career. Didn't miss a game, played in all of them, rushed for 1,200 yards, in the Pro Bowl, all that stuff, right? And it's it's what he needed to do and at that point. But it's I don't know if he does that if he doesn't have Kenny Gainwell taking yeah. third down reps and that and Boston Scott being able to come in and give him a breather. So it's it's tough. And that's what I'm always looking for in a room is like, do I have the pieces to accomplish the things that I need? And I, I firmly believe you look at Rashad Penny. Right. And you look at what he's done with him. When you take just the games that he's played, healthy, just just take that disregard the other stuff, obviously. But you take those games and you look at his average per carry. You look at his yards and his touchdown like he's an explosive player. I remember him when he came out of college. A really good friend of mine was a quarterback coach at San Diego State. So I knew of Shad before that. I went to his pro day, met with him, all that stuff. He was, I mean, he was returning kickoffs for touchdowns in college, right? So potential. DeAndre Were Swift. you a big part of that, Jamal? I'm just touching on that because you've just talked about knowing him, knowing him at college, knowing people there at his pro day. When when you when you realized Penny was on the market and for a very decent deal which it turned out to be for someone who you mentioned averages over six yards per carry when he's when he's fit and healthy and runs the ball and um incredible when he's healthy did you have a a, a part in that because yeah. I, I know yeah 
You do, and it's it's everybody, but it's there's it's not just one person. I mean, one person. No, of, course, of course. Obviously, it, Howie had the, is, has the final say with guys, but you know I'm going to evaluate his tape. Offensive coordinator is going to evaluate the tape. You know, our head coach is going to evaluate the tape. The scout in that area is going to evaluate the tape. So you're going to have multiple evaluations on this guy, and everybody's going to say, "Okay, this is what I think. This is what I think. This is what I think." And Howie at the end of the day, okay, this is I'm taking all this information. And okay, this is what I think. And it's Did you ever it's bang a, down the door, you're like Howie, we really need to get this oh, guy. Like, I mean, that's when you if there's a player that you truly want, I mean, you you stand on the table for it. you firmly believe nice. that that player can help you, then you do that, right? Nice. And it's, it's both ways. If you firmly believe this is not the guy, yeah. then you have to do that. And that's staying true. And that's how as an organization you can work on making sure you're getting really good players and talent. And it's the same free agency and the draft. The draft is obviously a little bit bigger process, but it goes in. I'm going to speak my piece on every running back that I'm asked to evaluate. The scout is going to speak his piece on every back and you're going to have different minds. What's that like? What's that like coach? Like, because you're giving such great insight in what it's like to be a positional coach, assistant head coach within a team when you're talking about drafting and scouting, like I have like zero experience and I'm sure a lot of UK fans listening in will have way less experience of what that, that, that dynamic is like. Like what, so like, what's the dynamic like between, you don't need to talk about people or anything like that, but just in general, like scouting people coming to you with scouting reports versus what you know and what you've seen in your experience. Like, do you find like, is there, is there often logger heads? Is there a lot of agreement? Like, is it a bit of both? Like what's that dynamic like? It can, I mean, a lot of you talk about the gamut of different things because a, a certain guy may fall in love with a guy that he's watched and all that, but maybe he hasn't watched the same guys that you've watched. And you've watched a different tier. And in my group of guys, this guy's he didn't rack and stack very high, but in his group, he didn't. So for me, it's, it's, you have to take everything that you know. So my, my experience as a running back coach, my evaluation, that there's certain things that when you go through and you watch, you're like, okay, yeah, I remember he's similar to so-and-so that was a successful trait for him. And you look at it that way. And I, that's what I'll go through. I'm going to go through and watch a running back. Every one of his carries that he's had, every one of his pass blocking attempts that he had, every one of his receptions are targets that he had. And I'm going to look and evaluate that. And I'm going to look at those three areas of his play. Because to me as a back, it's running, it's protecting, it's catching. Those are the three things that we have to be good at. So what type of runner you are. This, the runner piece, they should be the I mean, if I'm in the NFL and I'm evaluating a guy that's a running back, he better be able to run the football. Like that to me should be like check. Now degreeing level of, okay, this guy's phenomenal. This guy's good. This guy's okay. Those type of things. But that piece should be good. The protection piece. And I think I even mentioned this last, the protection piece. That's the toughest for a college guy. Yeah. yeah, They don't, it's a different system. They aren't one-on-one pass protecting, picking up linebacker blitzes as often as you'll get in the NFL. And even in the NFL, it's a small number. So a limited number of clips. So it's, Want to? (laughs) Can he and will he? I always say, is he a willing combatant? If he's going to throw his face in there and try, I can work with that. I can develop the talent on that. If he's shying away from it and you see him grimace a little bit, eh, I love a running bike and just getting a chip in there. It's it's, it's, there's some critical factors there that you kind of look at. So, like a toughness piece, that's going to be the first thing that turns me off on a play. And that's the way, hey, oh, he ducked out of bounds. Oh, he avoided contact. Oh, because if he's making business decisions in college, hey, he ain't got time for What's that. What's he going to do in the NFL? Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. so it, and it is, and it, but it's different. Think about it. We could all, I, we could all watch a highlight tape or watch a full game of a player. And we may all walk away with 
differences. Oh, I like this and I like that. And I'm like, what What are you talking about? I don't know. And it's, but it is, it's different. And it's at the end of the day, it's our opinion. Like it's like, this is what I see. And the tape can tell different people, different things, but it's still based on the tape. So it's a crazy problem. Here's the thing. If it was a science, like everybody be good at it. I mean, it's, it'd be easy to just, okay, let me punch this into our equation. Okay. Yeah. He's a good player. Let's draft him. It doesn't work that way. We're dealing with people. We're dealing with emotion. We're dealing with a lot of different things that determine whether a player is good or not. I mean, players that start out, maybe not great, end up being even better. You know, not to bring it up, but Jason Kelsey early, early, early in his career probably wasn't thought very highly of. Well, fast forward six years now, as long as he's been playing. Greatest center of all time. He's like, yeah, he's a a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? But it's how many people saw that from that? And it's so it's it's tough. And the process, I I wish you would sit here and say, okay, this is what we do. This is what we do. It's different. Every class that comes out from the running back position is different. You're never going to improve if you don't, right? If, 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 you know, exactly. I, I look at what I do in my job, right? And, you know, and if I went about like my bids to win contracts every week the same way as I did the last one, then I would stagnate after a few. You know, I'll probably send the I'll probably send the listeners to sleep even talking about what I do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's the same thing with us. You watch. Yeah. It, I, I'm going to miss. Like there, I may have an opinion. Like, ah, I just don't. I don't see it. And then three years down the road, this guy's Derrick Henry. Like, yeah, <laughs> that. Well, what was it? What would I? And I'll go back. What was it that I didn't? Like, there was something. Something stuck out to me. It was like, oh, this. And then you come and find out. Well, no, his coaches were telling him not to do. It. You know, it's just different things. So, like, okay, let me make sure the next time I evaluate a guy that has something like this. Let me dig a little bit deeper here. Let me make sure. And then vice versa. A guy that I was high, 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 high on that nobody else liked, and then he's balling. Then I'm like, yeah, see, I told you. <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> but that's the piece, too. It's like, okay, well, look, I this guy played out right. So that, and there's the injury piece that you never can account for. But it's for me, it's always about do I have the skill sets in my room that are required on Sundays? Can from the guys that I have active on the sideline, can we get accomplished everything we need to get accomplished at different degrees? I want them all to be here, but man goes down. Yeah, this guy can step into that role. It may be a step below that, but we can still kind of function and work and he can still help us and do some things. So it's to me, it's all about how, how do you build a position group and each position group has different needs. Every position coach is going to have critical factors that they're looking for in all their players and kind of rack and stack that and come up with uh, what they feel is okay. Yeah, this is, this is a guy that I'd like to see. This is a guy that can help us. Let's, let's try and draft him where, Oh, let's uh, figure out where are we at. What picks are we are? Is he there? Those are so it's, it's for that. Like, how, he's, how he's door to get yeah, by yeah. Jen Robinson in a pick yeah. nine out of 10. Well, that, but that's it's exactly what you're saying. That's why I have such respect for Howie with what he does. Because at the end of the day, he's making that, he's taking all that information from his scouting department, from yeah. the coaching department, from analytics, everything. And he's putting that together and coming up with his, his basic plan with help from everyone of like, this is how we're going to do this. Genius. And I, he's a yeah. wizard. He's been yeah. doing. He's been doing great things. <laughs> we should send you. There's a. There's a little meme. Um, you watched Harry Potter uh, when you were younger. I don't yeah. know if you watched Harry Potter. There's a. There's a meme which is, "You're a wizard, Howie, rather than Harry." <laughs> um, well, we'll send you that. Um, Mick, uh, you got a question about DeAndre uh, uh, Swift? Yeah. Um, just going off of what you're saying, that we have 
a lot of guys and you guys in the in the room with all different various abilities and tool sets. But Swift in particular um, is a very good pass catching running back, and it's something that we haven't had a lot of in in recent years with the Eagles. Um, so how do you you know sort of help? running backs in terms of developing in the passing game and as as receivers rather than as running backs and you know helping them with their running routes and things like that do, do you get involved directly in in the sort of receiving game as well or absolutely and i think that's the route tree for a running back can be two different things right we we have our routes from the backfield so it's those are different than receiver routes because the timing's different. Where we're leaving from, we have to avoid D linemen. So there's a whole side of being a pass catcher as a running back that generates from the backfield. Then the next piece is okay, let's go empty. Let's empty the back out. He's at the line of scrimmage. Now he's outside receiver. He's the inside receiver playing the slot. Well, now he's in a true receiver world. And that's one of the things that I tell the guys too. If we're going to line up in a receiver spot, we're going to do receiver things. And I want us to be into that position where as a back, if I'm lined up outside as an outside receiver, I better be running the route as sharp and as crisp as the receivers are. And that's a big part. We'll do it in my room. We'll also get, send guys and work with the receiving core as well. So they get a little bit of both of that because it's different. My timing off a, a hitch route from the up from empty is different than my timing on a choice route from the backfield. And it's, it's just different. The picture's different. The coverage structure is different. The timing of it's different. So it's incorporating that for a player to be able to understand that. Then just the basic mechanics of that, right? It's like, how many steps am I taking? Where does my toe right. need to be? How do I plan as opposed to arc releasing from the backfield, full speed releasing from, the outside receiver spot is different. So you get guys like that and you, you spend a little bit more time with those guys on their ball skills on what they're doing with their route running, because you want them to be effective. I mean, we've kind of brought it up. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a, is a guy that's probably had that him, Alvin Kamara, and been a yeah. couple guys that run routes like receivers. And it's, Jamal it's, Gibbs, he's coming into the Jamal league Gibbs, as a, as a rookie. Kind of yeah. out there is that's his plan. Um, but that's a, a piece that you try to start to work is with these guys. Like how, how can we match up? Cause for a defense, I mean, what are you going to, are you going to roll the safety down is now a safety. Cause you're trying to sit, help your linebacker not have to protect and have to deal with covering this guy out of the backfield. So it's, it's a big piece of that. And that's, there's, there's a part of it. And I think Kenny Gingwell does a really good job too. I think one of the, the biggest things that we have is like, okay, I, I love Kenny. I love DeAndre Swift, but, do I want to throw the ball to A.J. Brown? Do I want to throw the ball to Devontae Smith? Do I want to throw the ball to Dallas Goddard? I've been Do saying this so much. The running back. So it's so like many options. You, ha you have to, like, people, oh, well, he only had – yeah, because we got A.J. Brown. We got all these other guys. And Jalen's got, like, a split, split yeah. second decision they make as well. It's and incredible. It's like, so so we're, as we start trying to scheme all these things for the back, it's like, well, who are you taking those catches from? Yeah, exactly. right? it's, yeah. I mean, as a bad, I mean, we're going to get our touches. We're going to get them in check down routes. We're going to get them in screens that we have to improve on. Right. We're going to get them carrying the football. So like, those are the things for us that we got to make sure is like, yeah, this guy has a skill set that can show up on the third down can be very good and all that, but we're not where we've been now has not been okay. We're going to, isolate we're going to try and force the ball to the back on this route i, I don't think we have to do like we didn't have to do that last year right? we didn't have to throw the back of the ball a bunch 
right out of the backfield. We did some with some check downs and Kenny got a, enough receptions there and you, everybody wants more. There's only so many snaps. So going back down to the beginning of the questions, DeAndre Swift does have that talent. He's shown that he can do that, but don't sleep on his running skills. I mean, he's shown he's got really good feet, can be very elusive and all that. And I think we're looking at another scenario. Just DeAndre Swift had some durability stuff, just wasn't as healthy, you know, missed some games. And all that. I mean, he was basically a first round pick. He was the 33rd pick of the draft when yep. he came out. I liked him coming out when I evaluated him out of Georgia. So it was really oh, good. So. I look at it like we got two steals at running back. I mean, now, I think a lot of Eagles. I mean, we certainly feel that as a as a as a podcast and as a fan group in in the UK. And I know a lot of fans in the UK feel like it's a steal at running back. And I think a lot of people are really excited by the running back room because, I mean, Boston Scott could be a, a you know a. a a starting running back for yeah. some teams in the, in the NFL, right? And he's uh, arguably it, now running back three, four when you have Swift and, and Penny. Well, hey, I'm not saying that. I, I know I'm, you. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. This is what's great is you talk about this training camp. Maybe that's a little bit why I'm kind of itching to get back. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. Look at these guys. I've got legitimately – we can just talk about DeAndre Swift. Talk about Rashad Penny. We're talking about Boston Scott. Talk about Kenny Gainwell. Don't forget about Trey, Trey Sherman. Yeah. So it's like those guys. And then, you know, Kennedy Brooks is another guy's coming on and getting better. So it's like, well, who's like, who's it? Like th to me, this is exactly what you want in a room yeah. is like, there's competition. Nobody in that room is guaranteed anything right now. Yeah, uh, there's awesome. no number one, number two. Number th it's that's going to play out with how they perform. So it's like this to me, this is what competition is all about. I want to see who performs the best. You want to be the starter, be the best guy in the room. All right. You want to be the best guy in the room. And again, the room that we have, and I think the personnel, sorry, the personalities we have in the room is extremely important because that could be kind of right. Because we're looking around, it's like, I want your job and he wants my job. And it's, so it's tough, but we have the type of personalities in that room that they're working. And that was this offseason was so great getting those guys and understanding that, hey, look. And I told them, look, we're all in this together. Let's let's go and, and let's work and let's compete and let's see how we can get better as players. And they were helping each other and coaching each other and talking. I mean, so it was a good environment for that. Now, I'm sure there's a little bit of what you want. I mean, coming on that. We want the best running back room we can possibly get. We got five guys that are going to compete for the starting job and then compete for the number two, then compete for the number three. And it's, and it may change throughout the year. So for me, it's just, it's an exciting time to just see, you know, everybody's got great tape. I, you want to highlight tape of the guys that are in the room? It's a pretty dang good tape. <laughs> That's some sexual tape right there. <laughs> I'm talking college. I'm talking NFL. So they know they sit next to him and they say, Oh man, he balled out. No, he balls out. <laughs> you gotta work. You're, you're, you're a kid at Christmas already. Oh, oh that's what you're saying. No doubt. Again, yeah. Well, yeah. Spoiled. <laughs> Based on that, obviously, this is a bit of an ad hoc question, guys. But yeah, obviously, the, the running back room last, last season was Miles Sanders, debatable RB1, and he's the main guy, and everyone else mm -hmm. is coming in to support him. Obviously, yeah, going into the season, yeah. we're going into this season now with um, a luxury of options, um, but no clear 
RB1. Is it is your job easier this season or is it was it easier last season? Kind of knowing he's the guy, I've just got to build around him, or is it kind of I've got so many options, this is gonna be so Good easy. Question. Good question. Well, I, th- I think it's it's never it's never easy, no matter no. whether it's set up because here, here's the <laughs> thing when you go into a season, okay, he's my number one. But what, what how do you know that? Right? You're making a decision. The only performance is the only true measure of ability. I say that all the time. Performance is the only true measure of ability. So whether you go into a season with him being your one, is he going to play like a one? Is he going to be that guy that you need to, to to get the yards and be explosive? You can think he can or you hope he can, right? But you never know going into it. So every single every single that you're preparing to be able to get to a game and do whatever needs to be done to help win the game. You know, yeah, my, we had Miles was our was our guy. He was our starter, but Miles had been hurt in the past. We didn't know. Yeah. I didn't. Man, what if Miles got dinged up week two? And we talked about it in the last podcast. We, even last year, we you weren't saying Miles Sanders is going in as as RB one. You were bigging up Miles. You were hoping he had a great season, but you know it was. It you talked about durability so much, and I think that's yeah, obviously so key as you're saying. Yeah, it, and it and it's it's the same this year. Right now, I I walk in and there's there's a ch- I got five guys who could be the one. I think I I kind of kind of like that. You, you know, want a six? I can yeah. come over. Yeah. Try out, coach. <laughs> Seven. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was a know? lot quicker about nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm, no. yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean, so, coach, coach said different. that you value. Yeah, you could, you said that you value um um people sort of sticking their head in when it matters, like, mm-hmm. and that's what your biggest um, compliment of, of Kenny G last season was. Has he fulfilled that that oh, role? Yeah. Has he has he kind of, like, done it and more? So going into this season, you're like, you want more from him? Yeah, absolutely. And this is it. You don't – you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Yeah. There is no staying the same. There is, not in this league. And, and I think Kenny showed last year he was able to stick his face in there protection-wise and be physical. He showed some re- – one thing people don't always understand about – one of the things that we did a bunch was we ran the ball on third and mediums and third and five. It wasn't just a passing down because we were going to go, probably go for it on fourth down. So Kenny was in there for a lot of third downs and got carries. And he he had a thing – the last – the Giants game, he had like a third and 12 that he converted for a first down on a oh, carry. Yeah. So that was it's like he did some things. And those are the pieces I know y'all you brought up the playoff Kenny, but Kenny got in there two minutes kind of later in the game and was was rolling. And that's kind of what you wanted. Miles had been in early, scored two touchdowns. Kenny was able to come in and kind of finish things off. So it was that was just kind of how it played out. It had nothing to do with the playoffs. It's always but well, we were winning pretty good too. <laughs> so we were running the ball a lot more. And it's like, hey, I got the starters here, Kenny's ball. Let let Kenny kind of. Do you not think players do like so? You said it's nothing to do with the playoffs, and I find that a really um, interesting point you make because there's got to be some emote. There's got to be some players. Absolutely. You look, you look at Jalen. I'm not. I'm not talking about running backs here. But you look at Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl, right? One of the best Super Bowl performances we've seen for a quarterback in like decades, and he lost. Right, it, 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 the mind boggles. Like you know, yeah. I have no doubt Jalen Hurts is going to win multiple Super Bowls during his career. Zero doubt. Do you find there are some players in the running back position, not now that you're coaching, or in the past, not naming anyone whatsoever? And, and others who don't, who don't want it so much. 
Um, no, I mean, and kind of really the comment I was mentioning about with Kenny is it wasn't the play. It was that was the game, and that was the way the game had played out. Whether that had been week fifteen or that had been the first round of the playoffs, just how it played off with Kenny coming in, and it just the, the way the games were. I mean, it wasn't our playoff run wasn't we weren't one score games and tight games and all that. So it was a little bit different, which allowed Kenny to take some that. But yeah, if you if if your blood doesn't get a little bit more boiled up for the playoffs, <laughs> something's wrong with you. Because yeah, the man. environment's gonna be different. The vibe's gonna be different. It's winner go home now, right? Regular season, you got a chance. Oh, okay, well, let's make oh, you get a chance to come back. One loss, you aren't done. But in the playoffs, that's it. So it's it playoff football is different. And again, I think every player see the if you ask the player, hey, what do you what would you rather play in the regular season or the playoffs? It, it, you're not gonna get anybody since the regular season, they want playoffs because that's it. You win championships by winning playoff games. Regular season helps you get there, but the playoffs, that's I mean, think about some of the greatest games in the history of the Eagles, any franchise for that matter. So much of it is based around what they did in a playoff game or in a Super Bowl. Brandon Graham's license plate is strip sack. Yeah, right? baby. <laughs> right? <That's, laughs> it, it's, it's one of those – those are the games. So, no, when you talk playoff football, oh, it, it's different. And I, I speak from two years of experience. I've only been to the playoffs twice as a coach, and that was our first year with the Eagles and then this last run. So I've been on a lot of – You're going to have many more, Coach. <laughs> teams that have been there. So when you get to the playoffs, it is it is unlike anything there is, and especially at the link. It's crazy. I, I was okay. there, obviously, for the, um, the Packers game when I met you, and I was there for the NFC Championship game against the 49ers, and you mentioned it earlier. I have never been in such an electric environment in my entire life. And you said, you know, you want that more, you want that more. I fully believe you will. Sorry, Phil, go ahead. No, it's just going to pivot on to the next question. But, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't mention that you were at the NFC Championship game right at the start when Coach mentioned it because, you know, and the dancing. Uh, Coach, if you haven't seen the dancing. Have you seen it? Have you seen the videos of me dancing on Broad Street? Yes. Yeah. Oh, dear. But just to pivot off that one um, and, and touch a bit more on, on Jalen Hurts and, and the quarterback side of the running game, um, how much involvement and how key are you in terms of, does he come to you? Does he go like, I want to work on my running game and he comes to you for the, the coaching or do you get asked to come in and go, right, we're going to obviously, Jalen's a runner, so we need you to come in and work with him. Like, how does that sort of relationship work with you and him? No, you know, it's obviously we get together the running backs and the quarterbacks because there's so much ball handling that we do when you talk about the read zone game, the option game and all that. So that that has to be on point. And so we spend a lot of time in the first parts of practice working on our ball handling, our meshes, all that good stuff. So that's the extent of it. And I've been asked this question before, but you know, last year, Brian Johnson is – is a phenomenal coach. I mean, yeah. obviously he's been promoted to offensive coordinator. Um, I, I enjoy, I, I've actually coached when he was a player on a sideline against him when he was playing at Utah. So you want to talk, but that's what he's done. He was a spread run quarterback. So Jalen has one of the best guys right there at his disposal that has played the position he plays, has run the football from that position. Cause you can say we want a quarterback run is different than a running back. Run. It, of course it, it is. 
Things are different. It plays out differently. The look is different. The timing is different. Would you so say it's straighter cool. line, coach? Would you say it's like specifically uh, when you look at Jalen, like people have always commented on Jalen kind of like not he did a lot more juking this year, just gone, but a lot of straight line. Oh, Jalen has snapped some ankles, man. He, yeah. he did this year. I think, I think I'm thinking more the, the previous season than, than did this just, season. But. For him, it, it just depends on the play. Because with, with the quarterback, he can have inside tackle box runs. He can have outside edge runs, right? Same The same thing that a back has. But when you just talk about the timing of it, it's different. It, it, it's different for a quarterback. And in a lot of times, he's coming off a mesh and he's making a read to when that's when he's got the ball in his hands or if it's a direct run for the quarterback where he's running, it's just set up differently. So the, the perspective is a little bit different. Now, some of the skills of making a guy miss juking all that good stuff. Some of that's a little bit of in, innate with him. Like he's yeah, got a little yeah. bit of it. There's backs that can shake. Like me, like miss. me. Yeah. Like you. Like uh, there's a, I remember your highlight tape is unbelievable. Just unbelievable. <laughs> tape. But but no, and it's it's happened after that <laughs> we get involved, and I you know when we're going through messages or that, but no, Jalen Jalen's his quarterback coach now coordinator is really good. I mean those guys. So we when we meet together and have certain discussions about things, um, we get it done. But it's not like oh hey Jalen, you're meeting with the running backs today. Yeah, no, okay, it's, it's, it's not like a it's not like a day today. No, he's in his room, and we'll get together with the backs, and he'll work his run, and we'll set up the reach for him as well. That's awesome, that. but no, he's he's in the quarterback room, and, and like I said, he's he had a, he did a great job this year throwing the football as well as running the football. Here, here, uh, you you mentioned you get involved. Uh, you throwing some jukes out there on the pitch? Coach? Oh, I can shake them up now. I, yeah, you got a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you ask the guys. Sometimes I'll, I'll be demonstrating for them, and they'd be That's like, what I mean. nah, "We got a bit of that going on in the preseason." <laughs> no, when yeah. he doesn't have the boxing gloves on, you know. It's... Yeah, that's it. That's my workout. See if I'm knocking any boys out. <laughs> it's all with the ball security, man. It's... Yeah, I love that. My my, my laptop's uh, uh, closed down, guys. So you, you, one of you two go to the next question. Mick, you take it away. We've been, I've been, I've taken enough airtime. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> Some more Scottish dulcet tones in there, in there, Mick. Uh, of course, of... but but the more whiskey I consume, the harder I am to understand. <laughs> uh, or I, I try to enunciate more. Let's go. Question. I do, I do apologize, um, <laughs> Coach. Um, so, with that in mind, what specific? techniques and drills they emphasize to help running backs improve their ball security we're just talking about you know you've got the you're out there with the boxing gloves we've all seen it we've all seen the footage you know you're jabbing at the uh, <laughs> at the running backs but i know there's a massive emphasis within the building you've got the signs all over the Novacare. yeah you know ball security being the number well what one of the top priorities for the team and it was one of the things we did best like jalen arts ball security is like Un- unparalleled um, across the league um, and the, the running backs also um, have been doing very well with their ball security so how, how you have, have you been training that to the to the team yeah so that's that's actually kind of one of my my roles is is kind of the ball security piece of it with the presentation that I give weekly um, on that and then the way we do our drills so we do two drills every week um, specifically for that. Now for the running backs, we do it every day. Like it's a part of what our individual period is, but a lot of it is, is coming up with, okay, let's identify some of the problems that we may have. So we've simplified how we carry a football. 
uh, to some basic concepts. And it's like how we want to hold it, how we want to do it. And, and I always say it's you're going to be good at what you emphasize. And how do you emphasize that? So we are obsessive about it. That's a, I'm still in that phrase from Nick. Nick is, and it starts there. I've always, I've been the ball security guy at other places. And, but when it starts with the head coach and the head coach preaches it and he talks about it and he fixes a practice, all that, when it start, when the message starts at the top, it doesn't take long to understand, okay, this is something that we have to be good at. We can't just be okay at, right? So starts with there. And then it just our emphasis throughout the building. You mentioned the posters, but then even the drill work. I mean, we've come up with drills based on something that we learned. You know, we, we talk about coming, you know, guys getting up off the ground and then the ball coming out. That was a, a big thing that happened to us that we took. And so we took an actual occurrence in a game and developed a drill to help prevent that. And to me, that it's kind of goes back to my military days a little bit, too. It's like a drill has to be authentic. Like it has to be. We're not going to train to do something that doesn't really happen. Yeah, situation. In a game, yeah. Right. And then it's like, OK, it happens in a game. Well, how do you drill it to make it as realistic as possible? So I always go back to when I was in the military and stationed at Little Rock Air Force Base in Arkansas. That's the home of the C-130. And the C-130 is a big, huge cargo plane with propellers and all that and they train every pilot there well in that schoolhouse they had a simulator right they had a and it was a full range of motion and the simulator was so realistic that pilots could get airsick in the simulator and that's without <laughs> really? leaving ground so uh, this just how my mind thinks so it's like okay if i'm going to create a drill that's going to basically try and help somebody in a game-like situation, it has to be realistic. How can I make it as real as possible? Now, I can't hit them. We can't, you know, full, full on contact with pads is different. Now, I can get a right hook with them. <laughs> but it's like, so we kind of incorporate those drills and we do that. And it's not just me. It's our entire offensive staff. It's like, hey, what if we did this? And we start to work some drills. I think there was some new drills that we put on tape um, this offseason, incorporating multiple pieces of, hey, this is going to have a catch plus an outside arm plus a blocking piece. Where we're trying to maximize how much fundamentals we could teach in one drill and, and get a situations for different people. And it was realistic. It was based on that. We could take a clip from game. Right. And so this is why we're doing this drill and it matched and mirrored. So that's that's a part. It's, it's always that. And it's trying to come up with new ways, creative ways of how do you do it, whether it's we use a thing called a fumble pro where kind of it's a ball. You've probably seen in the it's a ball on a string, but it's it creates a lot of force and yanks the ball out their arm. We've got, you know, punch sticks where we got a big PVC pipe with a punching glove because one of the I've got a new one for you, coach. I've got a new one for you. Right. So you're going to. This is so stupid, right? <laughs> oh, we know, we know. <laughs> right, you're so. So I'm thinking here, lots of different moving parts, making their heads a bit frazzled. You need to create a mini car wash in the Novacare Center, and then like you just send the player through with the NFL ball, and they get hit and they get smacked with like uh, washing lines and all sorts of stuff. It'll be clean uh, for sure when he comes out they, of the side. No, yeah. they, sure. they come out through the other end. They don't need to wash the clothes. Yeah. You took my punchline, Phil. All right, we get the fans. We got to get the fans so it dries them as they finish. Dries them as they come through. <laughs> you, you say that we actually do a drill similar to that called the gauntlet. There's there you a, go. We have, a, we have a blaster with these arms, and they have to run through it. We're punching at them, and so very cool. We just maybe we add the water element. We need to add the <laughs> bit of water. 
And you, you could call it the water boy drill. Simulates the rain, doesn't it? So yes. I'm there all week. The Philadelphia well, weather. You bring you bring that up. That is I mean, water boy. We will, we will use that. We'll have some of our drills, especially if there's a chance that we'll play in rain. We'll start, and I have a huge bucket of water with the old most beat up footballs we can have, and we're dunking the balls and then making them do that ball security drill with that type of ball. Nice. So again, it just goes back to how can we simulate something that happens in the live game in a practice setting efficiently enough to where it actually helps them and benefits them for when they face that situation in a game. Yeah, that's yeah awesome. it's like that Jaguars game last year. That was that was some crazy weather, wasn't it? And it was just like run the ball because you couldn't really throw it and yeah, the running backs had a, a time. And that was that was another game that when you look at the number of times they turned the ball over versus us, it was that was huge. I mean, we were on a pretty good tear the first seven games of the season with not turning the ball over. So a big part of that, and it is the biggest determination between winning and losing has been turnover turnover margin. That's yeah. takeaways and giveaways, right? Defensively, and those are the two pieces that we focus on tremendously. Sir, Sirianni uh, preaches that so yeah. much, doesn't he? Absolutely. Like I said, it starts at the top. That's what makes it kind of cool is like I, I get a, a full presentation time to present things of, you know, showing teams what not to do, you know, the, those clips and then showing us doing good things and, in, and even learning off of when we have mistakes. And it's sometimes the meetings aren't great and you're sitting there and you're like, OK, we got to watch the fumble that really hurt us in this game. And let's see what we did. Let's analyze why this happened. And that's what can we do to fix it to make sure it doesn't happen. So, no, that that, that piece is, is great. And it's great to have a head coach that firmly believes that as well. And it's it just helps everybody to understand that, that we can handle those two things, taking the ball away from them and not giving it to them. We got a chance to win a lot of football games, and we did last year. All right, Coach, you've had you for an hour and 40 minutes um, mm -hmm. already. So we're going to do a few questions left, and we're going to go quick fire at you. Okay. All right. All right. Um, or Phil, Phil, do you want to ask a question first before we do some quick fire questions? Yeah, that's okay. Um, a little bit of a flex from me. I've got an inside source in the Panthers organization. Um, <laughs> Here we go. And <laughs> I was recently told that um, in an, when Miles Sanders had an interview um, within the organization that he specifically asked for no questions regarding the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, does that make is that because he's sort of specifically disappointed about his exit from the Eagles, or is that more about where his focus as a player sort of going to a new team, going, Do you know what? That's the past, that's done, that's the, the door's closed on that. I'm here in Carolina now and I want to focus on my new team. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, well, I, I, I can't speak for Miles, I'm not sure, but it's it's kind of like how I started this conversation. This may be the last time I talk about last year's Super Bowl. Yeah, right. It's, sure. it's, it's that piece. And I think for him, it, it, it's probably good because he'll spend all day talking about what happened last year and he yeah. goes all that. And it's like, Hey, at, at some point you got to move on to the next. And I, I think everyone knew, and I think he made it clear he would have liked to still been an Eagle or liked yeah. to been there, but it, it just wasn't in the cars. But and I tell you, he was able to have a great year. And unfortunately, even in this running back market, was he able got paid. to get a decent, right? A decent yeah. contract. So yeah. um, that is him, man. And, and I think anytime a, a former player talks about his old team, it could go one or two ways. So if you just kind of normally only goes one that. way, and it's, not, like, it's normally not good. Like, yeah. I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm on the side of I'm on the side of the, the latter part of what you said, Phil. And that is, you know, you know, he had a great time. As he was a huge Miles Sanders fan, um, had his jersey. Uh, my, you know, one of the 
the first running backs that I draft. I've been an Eagles fan who were drafted, who I watched from the start through to the end. I've been an Eagles fan way before Miles, well, a few years before Miles was drafted, but I followed his career quite closely. Penn State? Yeah, a Penn State boy as well. Um, and, you know, I haven't, I still haven't fully decided my college team yet, Mick. There's a, there's a that chance. Will, that's another podcast. Yes, there's, <laughs> a ch- there's a chance. Notre Dame is still hanging there, a fighting Irish. <laughs> I am Irish after all. We'll see. Um, but, uh, but, but, I feel like he's done the right thing. If if that is what you've heard, Phil, um, I think that's the right thing to do because anytime I see any players really talking about anything that's happened in the past, <laughs> like like not even I'm not even talking about their old team. I mean, look at the 49ers and the shitstorm they've like made themselves look like this year with all the complaining and moaning and whining about everything they could have done. You know, I feel like anyone who goes back and talks about stuff in the past, it's it's never good unless you finished your career and you're reminiscing on good times that happened on the football field. Mm-hmm. Be a professional, move on, take it in your stride, and look forward to, look forward to the next thing. I reckon that's what Miles has done. Well, as Jalen says, flush it and move on. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, what right. would Jalen do? That's the WWG. I need, I need a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> well, we've, we've got our own line now. That, Mick, that's one of the designs for the new year. Yeah, there you go. Our new T-shirt. Yeah, we got merch now, Coach. <laughs> oh, merch. Big time. Yeah, boy. You won't even ask me to be on next year. You guys will be way too big nah, for nah, me. Nah, nah, you're, you're, you're a friend, man. You're a friend. First, 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 first person, and everything. Um, all right, a couple of questions here. Um I think we've got to ask you this question. You've touched on it a little bit, and it's been quite interesting to hear your your take on a running back room. And there's not a three-down running back, really. That's kind of dead in the NFL. What's your take? I said it in the agenda. What's your take on the current like media fury that's going on at the moment? I mean, you can't look at an NFL beat writer's newsfeed no matter where they are in the world and i'm not retweeting a running back who's done an eye emoji or has made a comment about it and you mm-hmm. talked about you know miles i think he's the highest paid he's got the most guaranteed money of any starting running back in the year coming miles sanders does specifically for the year coming i believe that's correct um what's your like overall thoughts on it because everything i'm hearing from you and i'm not putting words in your mouth whatsoever everything i'm hearing from you is you believe in a in a running back by committee, not just because of the different skill sets you need within a running back room, but also the durability angle as well. Is is that a big reason why there's been a bit of a drive down in singular big player contracts? Like you get at your defensive tackle and your defensive end and your offensive tackle and your quarterback and your wide receivers and your cornerbacks to to maybe a slightly lesser extent. Yeah, it's it's a crazy time for the running back position. You know, it's it's kind of been projecting this way a little bit for a while, but this, this year is probably different than most because usually like no first round draft pick running backs and no big contract. Well, yeah, it was kind of the draft actually for backs was pretty good. You had a guy go what ninth and then, you know, the, the off season contracts weren't as great. You got all these franchise tags going on into some of these backs. So lows yesterday, right? Yeah. So it's, it, it kind of ended that point, but I, I don't know. I think part of it is because guys have been cheap and made big plays. I mean, you, I know Eckler is probably one of the guys and I just bring up that name. Cause again, he was a late round guy and all that stuff. I mean, you look at Boston Scott, he is a late round guy and all that. So I don't know. And, and so many teams 
the game has changed a little bit. You don't have two backs in a game. You're not playing a fullback run game. You've got more spread. You've got more athletic quarterbacks that are running a little bit more throughout the league because really at some point the NFL kind of mirrors what's going on in college because those are the players we get and kind of fill our rosters with. So you've seen more of the RPO. You've seen more of the read options. So you've seen the numbers go down for backs a little bit in that case to where it's like, okay, I don't know. And I'm a running back coach, so I want running backs to get paid as much. Well, as I guess that's what I mean, right? It's catch not money, for you, right? Well, like, it, you know? Because you're, you are, you are like, you're, you're talking to us as a friend, but also as a, yeah. as a running back coach and a guy who um, coaches and speaks to running back all day. You've got friends in a running back committee, you've got running back coaches, you've got running back old players, you play with the players now. And it's, it must be difficult for you in that, you know, just even thinking, not even like speaking to anyone else, but just like kind of thinking about it in your own mind because you want running back to be this prominent, amazing position. You want running back guys to get paid, but at the same, in the same breath, you're, you know, you're preaching the 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 the, the need for multi multi skill sets yeah. and the, the clear and obvious notion that running backs who run the ball every down are going to get hurt when they're running into 340 pound defensive tackles all the time, right? See, if you if you ask me, that's a bigger portion of why maybe the players could be getting paid a little bit more as running backs because of what they a risk. Do. But it's but it's not that. So it's mm. you know. You got a guy, and you you said it, it, playing the running back position. I'm not saying this because I played it in college or coach it. There's not many more physical positions than the running back. I think when you look at the average career life of a running back, why is it smaller than most other positions? Well, because of what we do day in and day out, mm-hmm. right? A 370-pound guy falling on top of you with all his weight is a major collision. Right. And it, it just it happens. So we're going to block. We're going to tackle. We're going to, you know, get tackle all this stuff. And it's it's a very physical. I, and I firmly don't believe that a guy can do that for 90 plays a game for 17 weeks and come out. The body's not built that way. Right? And it's yeah. so it's OK. Well, now give me two or three. And, and when I when at the end of the day, I think my job is to make sure that the running back room can help the team win in any way they're asked. Right. And if that means I got one guy that's making a huge amount of money, guaranteed, long contract, and then the other guys I have have got to be on rookie deals because that's the only way we could afford any other guys in that room. I'm it's it's a dangerous situation for me because if that guy gets hurt, then I'm stuck. Whereas and there might be running backs that hate me for this, but I'm like, I want I want guy. I want like what I have now. I got five guys in the room that have a chance to play, and it's not like they're on huge contracts. Now, yes. I mean, uh, is what it is. I mean, you're making a mill. That's you can live okay. Does is that really deserving of the position you play? Maybe not. Yeah, right? maybe not. And it's like the same. You know, Miles got Miles had an opportunity to go and do that, but he had to have a really good year, or else that contract doesn't show up for him. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, and um, so to me, it's. It's tough. It's it's really a tough a tough piece. We want to be that, but just the offense is a change a little bit. And I hate it because really it diminishes a little bit of my role. When you okay, well this guy he's coaching the, the these guys here, but it to me at the end of the day it, it's about winning games. And how can you do that? How can we control what we can control? Right in the I wonder game. if it needs to be a little bit more like uh, like a depth cornerback room or a depth wide receiver room. Like, cause the wide receiver market, I feel like it's looked at 
on a singular player basis historically. Not now. You're obviously yeah. we're talking about more of a room to be produced now. But you know, if <clears throat> if you're a if you're a if you're a John Jay Swift, if you're a um, Richard Penny, you know, if that what's Zacchaeus being like uh, paid this year? Is it like three million or something like that? Like, and that's the the fourth. I don't know what it is, but do you, I, I suppose what I'm trying to get at is like, should it be looked at as more of a depth position, like other positions are in the team? Because probably historically, it's not really, is it? Um, I don't. I think so. when you think about it, really, as a running back, the majority of the time on the field, you've got maybe one or two two-back systems still out there. But you've got one running back on the field. Mm-hmm. So in the running back room, to be three deep, you need three people. In the receiver room, when you talk about mainly most teams, 11 personnel is probably the most prevalent personnel grouping, meaning one running back, three receivers, one tight end. That's the kind of the basics for that. So same thing. If I got three receivers on the field and I want to be three deep at those positions, nine. well, now I'm looking at nine receivers. So it's the numbers of it and the plays and how they sure. kind of go because it's the number of reps for a running back, the number of reps for – a tight end, the number of reps for receivers, I think some of that plays into it, right? It, it does. Yeah. I mean, quarterback, really, it's you got one guy, right? That's the – he's going to have the big contract, and then you get the backup guy. Well, backups probably make more than most running backs. Unless but, you're the Tennessee yeah. Titans, in which they've got like three or four potential <laughs> oh, starting quarterbacks this year. That's it. Well, <laughs> like they say, if you got three, you got none. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, we'll cut that out and at the tennis no, I'm joking. I'm yeah, joking. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. But no, it, it is. It's just it's a changing and I think it's it's tough for I mean, you want to be if you're the best at your position and you think you should be compensated accordingly, uh, so be it. And it's just yeah. those that's not that's not where we're at. There's so these young men and they get opportunity to I guess get as much money as they can, get the best situation they can root for. And if it's not I mean, you're seeing it. The guys aren't getting what they want, and it's it's always going to be the market. The market's yeah. going to always drive yeah. what it is. And you know, as long as long as we have fifth round picks balling out and making Pro Bowls and doing that type of stuff, it's going to be harder for the position to to have first round picks and big money contracts for all that. It's just most analytics people are looking at it. It's like the it's not the cost analysis for this isn't what it needs to be. Isn't what it needs to be. Yeah. Coach, um, that's so insightful. And, I, I, you know, we had, we had a great fun last year. We've had great fun this year. But the insight you've given today on the dynamics of the running back position and the things you think about and the things that you guys do over and over again, it's hilarious because about an hour ago you mentioned um, – this is what I call widow week uh, or it might be like an hour and a half ago. Yeah. And then you went into all the things you were doing. I'm like, yeah, boy, <laughs> that is definitely like widow week. I can see why Mrs. Singleton um, says that before you go, but I just wanted to say a big thank you from myself um, and from Mick and from Phil uh, for joining us um, on this podcast. Again, you've been so gracious with your time. You're such a great human being. I know we've chatted a lot. We've met in person um, everything you do for the Eagles is incredible, but everything you do as a human being, personally, and, and I know we all feel this, is is is, is incredible. And um, we, we love you being in the Eagles organization. We love you um, being part of the UK, British and Irish Eagles when we get to right. when we get to chat to you. And um, we'll, we'll send you we'll send you an email and a couple of a couple of Instagrams over the next few months. And, yeah. See, we will we'll, we'll get that care package over to you. Don't you worry. <laughs> That's, yeah, I was about to ask about that. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. We, Don't we, worry. Need to, we, need, we need to deliver it by hand, Liam. By hand? 
right. I'm not sure my I'm not sure my suitcase can take that much, but we'll we'll, we'll, we'll probably deliver. We'll, yeah. we'll probably whoa, whoa, whoa. Some- if you're not coming till November. I can't wait that long. Sorry. Yeah, I exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll we'll get you a care package, and then we'll bring you a little something special in 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 yeah. person as as well, Coach. But listen, enjoy uh, enjoy the last few days of your your vacation. I know you're going back to work on Sunday. Um, enjoy the season. Um, we'll we'll get you again in the off season, hopefully with a Super Bowl ring on your finger and uh, maybe a trip to uh, Nottingham Forest Stadium uh, while you're at it as well. But uh, for, for me, thank you so much, and, and Mick and Phil. I know you. I know you guys feel the same, and um, we really appreciate you, man, and we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, I appreciate yeah, thanks so much. And I'm I'm not a I'm not. <laughs> I don't really get superstitious about things, but the last time we'd had this conversation before the season, good things really happened. So, exactly. uh, you know, we you had the hook, child. line, and sinker from the get-go. Like, all right, well, we got to make sure we do that podcast again. This is it. This is it. That old like that. I appreciate you guys. Just the connection and the fact that, like you mentioned, Liam, we had a chance to meet and just – it's kind of there's a lot of negative things we see about social media throughout the time but i really feel like this has been a great just getting a chance to meet you guys kind of engage a little bit on the podcast talk and you know a little bit of my roots over there so it's yeah it makes it pretty exciting for me and, and pretty special that a nfl team that i get to work for over here has a following and and obviously you guys being fans of the, of the program is pretty cool. So I, I'm thankful for that you even guys, guys will even have me on to talk and uh, build, rebuild civilizations <laughs> stuff together. But uh, no, nah, you guys are awesome. I, I really do enjoy this. I look forward to it every year. Uh, that's, that's amazing. And uh, my mom, my, my mom, after she listened to the podcast last year said how much of a nice guy you are. So I know she'll be, mm-hmm. I know she'll be looking forward to, to listening to coach Singleton again mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, there you go, Mr. Neil. Coach, thanks so much. We'll we'll let you go, and um, we'll speak to you soon, no doubt, and we'll uh, hopefully see you in November. All right, take care. Go Birds. Go Birds, go baby. Birds, always.